Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. I'm known as the Mental MacGyver. My doctorate is in organizational business psychology with a concentration in sport and performance. I provide luxury level, high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Lauren Sheeper. She is known as the Colonel's daughter. She is a certified speaking professional doing keynotes and training, focusing on significant leadership. She is based in Kansas City. I have Stuart Wiggins with Induna Advisors, where he offers fractional chief operating officer services and brings resources together to help scale your business. And I have Dr. Wayne Buchanan. He is a recovering university professor, a geek who loves people and teaching, and a trainer working with human development professionals. The question I have today, what do you do if you have to work with someone who isn't doing their job? Wayne, kick us off. Yeah, I went back through my experiences and said, well, it depends on whether it's a peer or someone up the leadership chain. And I'm like, if it's the person above you, you match their level of incompetence and do your best and run with what you're working in. If it's a peer, I'm constantly of the opinion, we're going to scaffold you as much as we can to get the results we need. And only so much more I can do at that point. Okay. I approached it from a similar direction in as much as it's different if it's a peer or someone I'm working for or someone I'm leading. I'm going to take a different tack than, than Wayne did. I'm never going to match someone's level of incompetence. I'm mm -hmm. always going to bring my, my level of work ethic into everything that I do. I'm going to do the very best I can with what I'm given. And that's what I would encourage everyone else to do. And from my perspective, if it's a peer, I'm going to do the best that I can to level them up. Maybe they don't have the, the capability. Maybe there's something that I know that they don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them as much as I can, so long as it doesn't hamper my efforts. And I would do the same thing if I were working for them. Uh, if it's someone that works for me, then I'm going to perceive that, that I need to do more work with them to lead them to their best effort. A person that I've worked for that is a bad boss, I promise you, they don't know they're a bad boss. So mm -hmm. then the question becomes, how do you help them understand that they're not meeting the needs of the team. And it might not be transactional. As a leader, you have to be able to provide, knock down the obstacles to success for the members of the team. And if that's not happening, then we have to figure out a way to communicate it. And there's lots of ways to do it. When I've been in leadership positions, I found that round tables have been useful, but not entirely because peer pressure prevents people from really saying what's on their mind. So the most useful tool for me, it would be go to their place, go to their work site and talk to them. And I would expect that they'd be candid to talk to me. But I've worked for a lot of bad people. And with bad people, you have to be three things. You have to be willing to just take it. You have to be willing to lose your job and go someplace else if, if it's not working out. Or you have to figure out a way to coach them up. For peers, it's different. I think the first thing you do is you slice it up. And peer pressure works best. And if you think this person is a bad peer, I'm telling you somebody else thinks it. And you get them in a room and you do a 
gathering to help them understand that they're not meeting the needs. Uh, if that doesn't work, then you go to the leader and say, this person is not holding you, holding up their end, because you don't want to waste time trying to improve the performance of someone who is unwilling to improve their performance, because then the real project is not getting um, taken care of. So I guess I have a more direct approach. I don't have a tolerance for poor performers. We'll give you a chance to coach you up. If you don't get yourself coached up, then we're going to find somebody who can do it. I've definitely changed the way I approach this as I've gotten older in that when I was younger, if somebody wasn't doing their job, I would do as much as I could to take it on to make sure that the thing got done and the project moved forward. And I would just work harder and trying to your point, Wayne, cordon them off. Like, don't do anything. Just stay out of the way. If you're not going to be helpful, just don't make it worse. Um, but now uh, I feel like if I'm trying to work with someone who's not doing their job, I'm going to be very vocal about, hey, this is what your responsibility is. This is what you're being paid to do. And it's not, I'm not seeing it happen. And you need to decide, are you here to do what you're supposed to do? Or are you out? There is no middle ground. Actually, that's why I asked the question. I mean, maybe a poor person who's underperforming don't know they're underperforming. And that shocks me. I do not know how you can have a job and not do it and not realize you're not doing it. Oh, I've <laughs> met lots of people. How does that work? Many, many people who have and either they have a different concept of what's expected of them. They have mm. a different concept of what it takes to provide what's expected of them. There are many people who uh, that I've met that are not fulfilling their expectations and are unaware of it. Wow. And to your point, Stuart, with regard to bad bosses, as I mentioned in uh, the pre-conversation, leadership is an inside job. It has nothing to do with the title that you hold. And sometimes we have to lead up. Mm. And sometimes it's a dance between a leader and those they lead because the Colonel used to say, you can't be irritated with someone if they're not meeting your expectations if you never told them what they were. Mm -hmm. And so that goes both ways. If there are things that I need to be led to do my job effectively, and I'm not getting that, and I haven't communicated that to my leader, whose fault is that? Is it my leaders or is it, it's a dance. And Robin, I'm with you also on, I used to just do it all myself. Mm -hmm but that doesn't help others grow. And that mm -hmm. is the, the primary premise of significant leadership. It's helping others grow. And if you do it all yourself, you burn out, you become bitter, you become angry, like none of that's good. Right. And I'm finding that as we're discussing this, I'm reflecting going, yeah, I think a lot of my attitude is, is based on the idea that I've been embedded in the system and fighting against the system in a place where there was not my influence was not making a difference. And so, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, there's only so much that I can do without hitting burnout again to cha make changes. So fine, I'm gonna scale back and say, if you don't wanna do your job, so be it. I'm gonna do the best that I can within these constraints and we'll see what happens. But when the system doesn't wanna improve and I'm fighting against the whole organization to try and make changes, the, mm -hmm. the people I have to interface with in another department aren't doing their roles because they don't seem to be able to. I get what I can out of them. I go on to do my thing so that I'm not burning out. We put people in positions based on the job they did last. 
and how successfully they did that. But that doesn't mean they're prepared for their current role, whether they're your peer or whether they are in a leadership position. And have, having been in organizations at a higher level, one of the first things I've always done is evaluate how we put people in positions. Because as I hear the comments of the group, some of you are deciding, well, I'll just scale back. Some of you decide, and I'll just do it myself. That's not what the organization is. I mean, because if you, if you don't challenge these people, then they don't know that they're not performing. And if they do know they're performing, then we need to perform them out, mm-hmm. i.e. performance improvement plan. But at the end of the day, the first thing is, does a person really know if they are meeting expectations? I think it's important to look at it almost in terms of a transaction. What I've done in the past is sit down with the person and come up with a weekly 15-minute conversation. This is what you were supposed to do. What have you done to accomplishment? What are your obstacles? They should be pretty clear at some point, either they're doing it or they're not. If they can't identify the obstacles, then they're not prepared for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then we have to look at some other options. And, and maybe I'm taking a too direct approach, but if you're in an organization, whether it's an entrepreneur or in a corporate organization, you don't have time to spend time coddling and handholding. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to develop somebody and try to make them successful, but when it's not going to work, this organization isn't for everybody. Yeah. And we haven't even touched on, and we don't have time to touch on, people who are actively trying to avoid doing their job. Like they're there to get paid to do as little as possible. And they know they're doing as little as possible and are trying to skate around the system. And I think that's a great point, Stuart, for you to say, we're going to manage you out because you don't actually want to do this job. So that is our 10 minutes. I'm going to cut us off there. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.